Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Lone Star Collective, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. I'm your host, Gramps, and I'm joined this week by our guest, Debbie Wilson. Debbie, introduce yourself for our audience, please. I am uh, Dr. Debbie Wilson. I'm a PhD mental health specialist and uh, worked in uh, for the Department of Corrections for a lot of my life uh, as a, a therapist inside a, I was the first female to ever work in the Florida State Prison System. I started out in the early 80s. I was going to say, you, you worked in law enforcement was your beginning. I, I yes. interviewed Debbie, for those that don't know, I did a, I did a documentary back in 2019 uh, about anecdotal evidence and medical cannabis and such. Debbie was kind enough to do a spot on there with me. Uh, your your background was real interesting with, with all the way from your parents on down. Tell us a little about all that. Well, my dad was the supervising federal probation and parole officer of Tampa, Florida, and my mother was a U.S. Marshal. Uh, and, and I just, I loved the law. I always, I always loved the law. And I, I was encouraged to go to law school when I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I went on and worked in criminal justice about 10 years. And I thought, I, I, I really got to go to law school. <laughs> so I actually completed two years of law school. And then that third summer, I had gone out to eat with my family at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I got backed over by a 16-year-old driver in the parking lot. And Mm. life, as all of us knew it, changed at that moment in time. I had my two-year-old and my seven-year-old with me. And unfortunately, they they were in the car when I was backed over. Uh, So they were in the parking lot, and they heard all the people screaming, and then they saw it was their mom. And... uh, and honestly, it, it was quite a while before I really knew what had happened to me. It broke my head and my neck. Uh, mm. And I had seizures immediately from the time I was hospitalized. Uh, so this was, uh, what kind of vehicle was it that the 16-year-old was driving? He was in a full-time, full-size pickup truck. Okay. And uh, I was... I was walking behind him, and he put his truck in reverse and went the wrong way against the arrows. Uh, so I knew one second before he hit me, but not in time to get out of the way. Mm. I can still actually, I can remember the moment in time. Nothing after that, but I can remember, I can remember the incident in 1989. It was a very long time ago. Actually, this is my halfway year. I turned 70 this year. And I was 35 when I got run over. So I've lived exactly half of my life as a brain injured epileptic. Mm. I would say I'm an authority on this as well. <laughs> <laughs> and because of my research, I always researched for my neurologists. And uh, they didn't have answers for me. And they kept sending me to epilepsy clinics around the nation. And so- uh well, I have to ask, what other symptoms did you have besides the seizures? I mean, obviously, you had a skull fracture. You had, uh, because of that, you had a traumatic brain injury, right? Yes, I couldn't. Um, I lost the ability to read and write immediately. <clears throat> and I had to learn how to walk and talk appropriately and tie my shoes again. Literally, I had to start all over from scratch. 
And you were 35 when this happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, my neurologist said, Debbie, you can't go back to law school. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you can't go back to law school. And this was after he had given me the neuropsychological test. And he had had a stroke and he was my doctor. So my question was, well, you're a doctor. You're my doctor. You're still practicing. Why can't I finish school? And he said, you don't have the memory for it. Well, I didn't really understand how he read that test of his. And he told me that I scored in the bottom 1% in the nation in working memory. Mm. And I didn't really know what that meant. And this was initially, right? This was initially. Actually, up until 2017, I never had any memory again. I wasn't making any memories because I was having thousands of seizures a week. For 22 years, I had uncontrolled seizures. I tried and failed on 19 different epilepsy medicines, and I was turned down for the uh, for brain surgery twice and the vagal nervous stimulator twice because I have eight foci areas where seizures originate, and they, they know that they call. They may have made them worse. And, yeah, you, and well, at you this know my, point, yeah, yeah you there know were my no good story. answers. The, the medication only made his situation worse, yeah. And, uh, you know, I uh, I experienced something. I had a near-death experience in Thanksgiving 2009, Chris. And, uh, and I was told that I need to learn how to write a sentence. And all it did was make me angry because uh, obviously the Almighty knew how hard I had tried and failed to write a sentence. I just, I kept being told how important it was going to be, how many people were going to need to hear what I had to say, but I didn't have anything to say. I'd been locked in a room for two decades. You know, what am I going to talk about? And lo and behold, I found cannabis three months after my dear death experience. And once so that I was had, after that was after how many years and how many medications? That was in 2010. And I had gotten hurt in 89. So 22 years of uncontrolled seizures. And I had gone to Chicago to a headache clinic there. Uh, and I had been told that they were using cannabis. That's why I went there. And when I went, they weren't, they didn't disclose they were going to use anything different than they had ever used. And they said they didn't take my insurance and it was going to cost me $800 a day out of pocket. And I had to stay three weeks. And I just said, enough. I said, no more. Yeah. I'm going home. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I got on the train and coming home on the train from Chicago. Of course, going to Southern Illinois, nobody's on that train at nighttime. So I was yeah. all alone. And and I heard the Almighty's voice. And it just said, Debbie, that's man's law. That's not my law. And I had just been taught how to use the internet the week before. And I went home and did the research. And the next morning, my son said, are you ready to go back to Chicago? And I said, I'm not going. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I have found this research and I really need you to get me some cannabis. And he was so, like, so what, what was, what was the first research that you found? The 1947 epilepsy trial that the government hid. The one I would have presented to my parents over coffee if they had still been alive, Chris. Yeah, same same one I found first. 
after my son passed away. That was the first thing I found. And and that was just, <clears throat> to say the least, that was, that was maddening to find that, you know, and because I didn't know, you know, we had talked about cannabis. We'd heard stories. We'd heard some stories like yours, but not, not, hadn't heard yours in particular at, at that time, but you know, we'd, we'd heard some stories and, um, needless to say, uh, I didn't have a clue, even though I'd used cannabis most of my life, you know, most of my adult life up until that point, recreationally, or so I thought. Right. But, uh, you know, he came to me and he asked me and, and it was it was his inquiry because the meds only seemed to be increasing his seizures and increasing their frequency. Right. So uh, and of course, you and I have had this conversation. I'm mainly saying this for our listeners who don't don't know. But, uh, you know, if I'd have known then what I know now, then I would have probably pushed him farther and harder, but he was a grown man by the time we were having these conversations. So the, the choice was obviously his and he just refused to break Bye. the law. But uh, it's getting to the point here where we need to take our first sponsor break. So we're going to take a short break for our, for our sponsors. And then uh, when we come back, I want you to dive into how you found about what you found out about cannabis, how you first started trying to use it and all that kind of stuff. We'll do that as soon as we come back from our sponsor break. This is the Lone Star Collective Podcast, and uh, I'm your host, Gramps, and my guest is Debbie Wilson this week, telling us her story of cannabis as medicine. Oak Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Gramps. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. I'm joined this week by my guest, Debbie Wilson, who's telling us her story about traumatic brain injury and a tragic accident she had at the age of 35 and how she found cannabis as medicine. Welcome back, Debbie. Tell us all about, uh, not only you started to tell us how you found cannabis through, through your research, uh, Tell us how you first started to try cannabis. What was the first way you tried to use it and, sure. and whether that was beneficial and 
and how you progressed from there. Um, when I started, I was in Illinois, and Illinois was not quite legal yet. So I was able to access THC um, and and try it. I was using it. My my teenagers had told me it would help my post traumatic headaches, which is why I had gone to the headache clinic. I'd never had any headache relief in in thirty five years. In all those years, I'd never gotten headache relief. And lo and behold, my son got me some cannabis, and I inhaled that and immediately got instant relief from my headache. I mean, immediately. Now, not everybody chooses to smoke. Smoking is the quickest way for me to get rid of a headache, no matter if I've got edibles or not. That's my go-to because it's so instant. It's my preference. Um, But in trying it for my headaches, we saw an immediate decrease in my grand mal seizures. I mean, we're talking, I went from, I was averaging four grand mal seizures a week, which is 16 a month. I only had mm. one the next four weeks. Wow. But THC wasn't controlling my partial complex seizures. Okay. So I wasn't staying out of ICU and, um, and unfortunately, after years of that, I've been made very aware of the risks of SUDEP. Um, sure. Uh, and it was, I was in ICU actually when the law didn't pass in Illinois and the nurses came in and said, Debbie, you're going to have to relocate. And my neurologist had told me I'd have to relocate if Illinois didn't pass the law. So uh, first I went to Michigan and I did a one-week trial uh, with a dispensary there, they sponsored me, okay. and I was able to get a 50-50 ratio of THC to CBD, a tincture, mm-hmm. and I immediately got seizure control with the combination of that with the THC, but it was just a small bottle. After two weeks, my son came and said, Mom, we got to move, and I said, why? And he said, because you've never gone over three days without a seizure. You've now gone two weeks. He said, yeah. you've got to have access to that. So uh, believe it or not, a brain injury survivor friend of mine uh, called me and he said, Debbie, you're supposed to educate for all of us. And he said, I'm going to move you to a, a safe state so you can live and and you can share your story. And uh, I filled out the paperwork to do a FDA experimental trial. I failed at everything else. I bet you guys have a place I can loophole in here. Nobody ever provided my cannabis. I figured it out myself. And I'm still doing an FDA trial today. I I did brain. I did seizures. Now I'm doing heart. So what started out is a 12-year journey has just ended up being an adventure of a lifetime in healing. I could have never even foresaw coming. Uh, now, how I have to ask you, you say you're using the, the, the cannabis and you were inhaling it at first, but in uh-huh. the, these trials, what, what forms were you taking it in these trials? Well, actually, I use raw cannabis. THCA is what mm-hmm. is my primary seizure medicine today. Okay. Um, so I just take capsules okay. for my seizures today. Okay. And, that, and that, that's all you need? That's all I need. Now, if I'm having pain or other things, 
I may use edibles or I may use a vape pen, but um, I use I use raw plant. I use raw flower. Okay. So, a, lot of, a lot of people respond to CBD. I just did not. My seizures did not respond. Yeah, it's it's different for everybody. It, yes. it depends on what what source is causing the seizures, and and sometimes it takes CBD. Sometimes it takes more THC. Uh, right. I've seen where it takes a combination and varying ratios depending upon the person, their body chemistry. Uh, I think diet plays a role in it. Uh, Absolutely. There's, there's, there's a lot of different things that there. You know, we're just we're just barely beginning to scrape the iceberg. On the, on the knowledge where and when it comes to this one single plant because of the prohibition for the last 80 years basically right. basically so um how would you say uh your life is now as far as the headache as far as seizures i mean tell us what your what your current what you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis i i'm just going to be honest here and in many ways I'm glad that nobody was telling me what to expect because I'd have never believed it. I'd have told them they were lying and I'd have said, don't give me false hope. Truth of it is, I've been able to retire my mobility equipment, my seizure alert dog, my back brace, my neck brace, my helmet. My headaches are pretty much controlled as long as I remember to medicate and I would have never thought after breaking my neck, not once, but twice, I would ever be able to walk upright again. And I'm able to. So, yeah, yeah it's like, it's kind of like aging backwards, as, as ridiculous as that sounds. <laughs> it does sound ridiculous, but I can totally relate. Uh, and, and I've got to, before we, we, uh, get to a point where we have to take our next break i I want you to elaborate on because there was a number you told me when i interviewed you for that that uh documentary back in 2019 uh, of the number of pills you were taking four times a day and i was taking a total of 44 pills a day 44 pills a day yeah today (laughs) i take one pill a day one blood pressure pill and that's it and um, cannabis. And cannabis. That's just amazing to me. And this- I, uh, when I um when I came back from Oregon to Illinois, my um my primary doctor said, Debbie, we're going to be taking a medical um problem off your medical records. And I said, Well, which one? And she said, Your diabetes. She said, We've been checking you every three months. She said, For three years, you're no longer diabetic. Mm. I was on THCV for five years. It was my seizure rescue medicine. And that just got my diabetes under control. I mean, that's mind-blowing, Chris. Yeah, yeah. It really is when you think about it. Uh, It's just (laughs) the fact that that you have these kind of results. And and you're not the only one. Lots of people have these kind of results. And it's all based on one single plant and what little we know about it at this point. I mean, it's it's just it's insane to me that we're still fighting the battles that we are like we are here in Texas. Welcome to Texas, by the way. Our listeners oh, probably don't, don't understand <laughs> that, no, that you recently enjoyed, made the trek to Texas. <clears throat> I have really enjoyed my visit. Um, 
my daughter and her family lived here. But, you know, traveling hadn't exactly been my strong suit because the government doesn't really like me politically going any place. And, mm. uh, and I guess I understand that. I'm not trying to cause any trouble for anybody. I just want patients to realize what is going to be available for them. Or if they yeah. need it, they can move out of a, to another state. Whatever you have to work out uh, to yeah. save you and your loved ones. Um, yeah. But for a lot of years, my best friend and my daughter were both here in Texas. And they kept saying, don't come. They'll put you under the jail. And yeah. I got an opportunity to come and uh, and come for the holidays and come for the baby being delivered. And that's right. You just and I, I just went for it, buddy. And I'm so glad that, that I did. So glad that I did. Uh, how, how much longer are you planning on being in Texas? Uh, another few weeks. You know, babies are just newborns once, and I'm enjoying the newborn days and. Uh, it's awfully cold in Illinois, right? So I'm going to enjoy the improved Indeed. weather. Well, I <laughs> and tell you, it's a very big to, uh, place. There's a lot to see here. Yeah, there is a lot to see here. Just in just in Fort Worth there in Tarrant County where you are, there's plenty to see if you've never been. Uh, but the, the, the state itself has, I mean, I've been here most of my life and I haven't even begun to see it all. <laughs> in In a world where you just can't imagine how far uh, healing has to go. My daughter was seven when I got run over. And when she saw me seizure-free, Chris, all she did was cry for the whole weekend, the first weekend. She just kept crying. And I said, why are you crying? And she said, because I've never seen you not having seizures. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I couldn't even like imagine what she was going to feel like because she hasn't been. She's heard a lot of horrible horror stories. But but then I came back. Who expects you to come back for, to the land of the living? Certainly not yeah. your family. Yeah. So get from. Uh, yeah, this is like the greatest healing chapter that I never saw coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, we're going to we're going to have to take our, our second break here. Uh, for our sponsor break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the laws here in Texas, the teacup program, where we are, what we're trying to get in this current session we just started. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about how maybe your testimony might just be a little ace in the hole for us this session. We'll talk about that when we come back right after this. Uh, This is our second sponsor break. This is Lone Star Collective. I'm your host. Chris Grisolia Gramps, and we'll be right back. Oak Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. 
Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Gramps. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. I'm joined this week by my guest, Debbie Wilson, a brain injury survivor and cannabis patient with a remarkable, remarkable story she's been sharing with us today. Uh, Welcome back, Debbie. Thank you. And you know, Chris, it's like you said, it's not that it's just helping me with brain injury. I have a research group with almost 3,000 brain injury survivors from all over the world, all commenting on how it's helping them walk again and talk again and helping their seizures and helping their headaches and helping them sleep and helping them with anxiety. I mean, it's just, it's just been amazing to watch. Yeah. And this is, this is through your Noah's Art Consulting, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to get to that, but I just hadn't gotten around to it yet. I've been flashing information about the website down on the bottom of the screen as we've been going along. But uh, I was going to wanted to ask you in particular, because you have family here in Texas and, and Texas laws affect you because of that, because you are a medical cannabis patient. What exactly do you know about where we are here in Texas? What is your understanding? Well, I went and read the law here. Um, I think I have a basic understanding of it, um, but I don't really see where I can get adequately what I need as a visitor. Um, yeah, there's so no I'm, re- hoping, I'm hoping that Texas no. makes changes where where even when they have visitors, they can accommodate. Yeah, we need recipro- reciprocity for sure uh, for for out out of state patients that come to visit like you. That's that's most certainly, but reason why I was asking you the question is part of what you said there, you can't even get probably what you need exactly from our program because it's not available in the form that you're taking it. Correct. Uh, I mean, we don't have vapes for sure. Right. That's a no-no. No smokable or inhalable products whatsoever. And then I don't believe, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't believe that the two operating dispensaries here in Texas that are licensed. There are three that are licensed, but there's only two that are operating. And I don't believe that the two that are operating ha- have any THC uh, or THCVA or THCA, any of those kind of products out there, right. uh, which no, is what you um, say is no. your main thing. Um, THCA is raw cannabis. Yeah. 
So any raw flour can be ground up and put in capsules or keep put in capsules. But you're talking about a high THC cannabis flour, and that's not available here in Texas. No. Yeah. The only thing we have is 0.3% hemp. Yeah. Yeah, definitely that needs to go up. Definitely that needs to go up. Just to be able to treat the patients that need treatment. Well, absolutely. It's not just people like you that want to use THCA, uh, which, like you say, is just simply ground up raw flour. If you're, you're just taking the raw flour like you are, uh, that's your source. So if it's not available, even if we had reciprocity here in the state of Texas for right. out-of-state patients, it wouldn't do you any good. No. So we've got to not only, uh, we've got to get rid of our proverbial THC cap and leave that that amount up to yes. doctors and patients and, and what conditions Absolutely. are, which is something that we we feel fairly confident we might be able to get this session. Uh, I know I think that's what they're going to try to push for as far as the bill that's going to be produced to expand the teacup program this time around. Uh, they're at least going to try to get the by dry weight up to 5%, if okay. not get the cap removed. Which, I mean, even at the 1% that it's at now, a lot of people don't understand that 1% is by dry weight. So they are still able to produce 20 milligram THC gummies here in Texas, just like they can in Colorado or Washington or Oregon or Illinois. But that's all they can do is the edibles, right? Right. And edibles and tinctures and things like that. So we've got to not only get that THC cap change, we've got to move on and we've got to get uh the uh flour available yes for even if it's in a capsule form like you're talking about which is non-smokable form it's a capsulated form so somebody can pop it in their mouth and ingest it you know uh, the taboo that we fight here in texas over smokable products and people getting intoxicated uh when they're all tipping their glasses every evening after their their long days you know battling there at the Capitol, uh, full of alcohol, you know, it's, <laughs> it's ludicrous, the, the things that we have to, uh, put up with, uh, you know, but those are the things that we really got to work on in terms of changing the laws or getting inhalable products, not just because of people like you, but there are people who have neuropathy and there are, there are, are multiple studies out there that show that inhaled THC is the best way to treat neuropathy. Right. Uh, but we just do not allow that here. Even though neuropathy is a condition that's on our list, we don't have the best way to treat it. That makes no sense whatsoever. So, right? um, <laughs> is that a legislative kind of a thing, or is that voter? What are we looking at? Well, see, that's the problem in Texas that we face. We we don't have any way to put it in front of the voters. We don't have ballot initiatives here in Texas. It's all got to go through the legislature. So if it's if the legislative branch doesn't want to take care of it, then it's not going to happen, basically. And to even compound that factor, we can get a bill and we we do every session uh, as our our legislature only meets every two years. Right. But we get we get bills through the House, super majorities, bipartisan votes. They go to the Senate, to our lieutenant governor. And if it's not a bill he likes, it gets pushed to the side and that's where it dies. Yes. It's crazy that one man has that ability, but he does. Well, unfortunately, 
too often people don't realize the importance of something until they need it themselves for something. I remember writing a letter to the legislature in Chicago years ago because I really didn't want to have to relocate. Sure. Nobody wants to. You know, and I told them, you know, I could be their wife, their child, their their loved one. You know, this could happen to anybody could have a need outside of of, of what is mainstream treatment. Yeah. Um, one third of all epileptics are not helped. Only yeah. two thirds have ever been helped with the one third that are helped with cannabis. Those were the high-risk ones who were never controlled. So imagine how many cannabis would really control, probably all of them, Yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, if the yeah. truth were known, of which we don't know the truth, Chris. I've seen, I've seen, and I know you have too, some extraordinary, extraordinary cases uh, of, of children and adults alike with varying scenarios of disease or injury, uh, having had brain surgery and had, large portions of their brain removed, et cetera. And yep. cannabis is helping them all. Yep. It's it's maddening to me as a father who lost a child to I can't even imagine. I can't even to, imagine. To still be arguing and fighting this battle over a fear of people getting high and having a good time. And that's all it is. It's a fear of people enjoying themselves. And uh I got news for the damn lawmakers. Anybody who wants to, already is anyway. Exactly. You're not stopping anything. No. (laughs) But you're just stopping a program that's already set up from really doing what it could be doing. That's the real shame, Chris. Y'all have a wonderful program set up. You just aren't allowed to accommodate the patients of Texas the best I can tell. We're we're hoping, we're hoping uh, there are some signs. There are some signs that that things are starting to crack open that we might not have expected, like, uh, you know, the regulating factor for the, the can- medical cannabis program here in Texas is the Department of Public Safety. They oversee it, basically. And they have recently, just last week, opened up licensing for more dispensing organizations that's going to be open, they say, through April, going to actually try to get some more companies in to Texas to be licensed dispensing agents to make patients easier to get their meds and uh they're they're creating a review board as well to discuss other delivery methods and and other conditions and stuff of that nature from what i understand i may be speaking out of turn a little bit there but this advisory board is going to advise on what what they can and can't do from here on out and they've even talked about you know beforehand up until now uh the dispensing organizations who do get a license are limited to one location, and that is the only place they can store medicine overnight. So they've had to have delivery spots where they take meds and meet the patients, you know, at different cities, different days. So they are talking about letting them actually open brick and mortar delivery lo- or dispensary locations, which will make that also much easier and much cheaper for them to maintain, which will, will right. help make meds cheaper, et cetera. So they, they, there are signs that things are moving in the right direction. But it's just, I, I, if you, you slap me upside the head for using the term, but talk about a snail's pace. I mean, in comparison to some of these other states, it's just right. ridiculous. A state that has 
what, the, the sixth or seventh largest economy in the world? And well, we're playing around you, with this. <laughs> Texas ought to do it, and they ought to do it right, and they ought to do it for the people. They ought to do it for, because that's a dispensary is, is, is medicine for the people. Yeah. You're, you're growing medicine to, to make people better. That is a beautiful thing in a community. It Absolutely. is. Absolutely. I watched Absolutely. Washington legalize, and then I was in Oregon when it legalized, and then I was in Illinois when it legalized. And I just know Texas is going to legalize too, because that's the right thing to do. It's the right well, thing. Well, uh, we're, we're definitely not going to let up on them, Debbie. Uh, you know, I've been in this fight since 2016 after, after losing Will. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. And most of the people that I'm associated with now, both with the, the Texas Cannabis Collective, who are the creators and owners of this podcast, as well as the, the group with Texas Normal and the major coalition we have here in Texas, we're going to keep giving them that shot in the arm until they hear us, you know. But uh, bottom line is we're going to keep working for all patients, including patients like you who want to be able to come and see your grandbaby and your kid. And, and all that good fun stuff. <laughs> Is there anyone, any, and by the way, I said something about your testimony before I forget, almost forgot. Uh, I would love for you to uh, jot down a, a handwritten letter form testimony, one page uh, that'll fit on eight and a half by 11 that we can send in, add to our binders, our testimony binders for committee members. Okay. When we get bills to committee. Uh, and just explain your situation. Hey, I'm a medical patient from another state. I'm a mother and a grandmother. My family lives here and I can't come visit them because of your laws. Don't right. suffice my needs. Right. Something to that effect. We need those kind of testimonies, I think, to help uh, with okay. our stubborn lawmakers. So you just put that in a in a PDF form or, or even okay. a, a Word document and just email it to me uh, right. or message it to me on 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 Facebook even. I'll get it and download right. it and, and we'll we'll put that together. I want to All thank right. you, Debbie, for, for joining us tonight uh and telling us your story, your amazing story. It's amazing to me every time I hear it. Uh it's just mind boggling how we're still arguing this point when there are so many stories out there like yours. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You know, I wanna I wanna tell you a, a few other things. Okay. I've taken a lot in my life. I told you I was taking 44 pills a day, but I lost my large intestine after 10 years on epilepsy medicine. The mega doses of medicine, um, well, they killed my colon. That froze my colon open and it had to be removed. So at the 10-year mark, I had lost my large intestine and all my teeth from the side effects of the medicines. But once I lost my large intestine, I could no longer tolerate the 400 milligrams of phenobarbital I was taking every day. So it was like um, the medicines are so brutal that we have to take, as you're well aware. Yeah. Um, so I've got to say it's the kindest medicine I've ever had access to, yeah. the kindest medicine. You're not the first person I've heard re refer to it that way. Yes. By far the kindest medicine, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you again for joining us and and uh, telling us your story. It's just amazing what you've been through, where you got to, and where you are today. 
and and uh, allowing us to share that and, and sharing it the way you do with so many others. The work you do is just is just fantastic. And I wish you the best of luck moving on. Thank you. You too, buddy. Absolutely. Well, that's our episode for this week on the Lone Star Collective, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. I want to thank Debbie for joining us tonight and everyone else. And uh, peace out. <laughs>